When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 925, Imperfect is the New Perfect, part one by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalists.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Saturday, welcome back, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is where I read to you every single day to help you live a more meaningful life, covering personal development, productivity, and minimalism mostly, from some of the best bloggers and authors you can find, with their permission, of course. And today's article is from Joshua of The Minimalists, who was kind enough to mention me and our podcasts on his show, The Minimalists Podcast. Definitely check that out. You can also find their documentary on Netflix if you search for minimalism. And I consider Josh and Ryan friends now. They're super friendly and encouraging. So please do visit them online. And today's post is a bit on the longer side, so I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. So with that, let's get right to the post and start optimizing your life. Imperfect is the New Perfect, part one by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalists.com. Perfectionism is a futile endeavor. As a perfectionist, I speak from experience and this essay is my confessionary hymn. At times, my perfectionism haunts me. All the pleasure of getting it right can be immediately wiped out by small, debilitating imperfections, the sharp, stabbing pain of a negative criticism, the disappointment of a brightly illuminated flaw, the vitriolic feeling brought forth by a set of rolled eyes. Our culture reinforces certain standards we cannot live up to the women with their half-a-serving hips adorning the covers of magazines, the expensively dressed celebutants wearing an average person's annual salary on her wrist, the modern-day rock stars and Fonzarellis plastered all over billboards and TV screens. Attempting to keep up with these false standards is tantamount to playing a rigged game. The game of perfectionism is designed for failure. Plus, even if we could win that game, it wouldn't make us happy. Contentment comes from within, not from the entrapment of protruding hip bones or the bling-bling of consumer purchases. And yet, we continue to play this game with religious devotion, myself included. For example, I published my first fiction book this week. It quickly climbed to the top 10 on Amazon. Going into the week, I didn't have any expectations or sales goals, so watching the book climb was a beautiful surprise. I'm not concerned about sales or making money with this book. It is far more important to me that people read it Writing literary fiction has been my passion since I was 22, I'm 30 now, so suffice it to say, this book has been a long time coming. Moreover, writing fiction is 10 times harder than nonfiction for me. One must worry whether or not his characters feel real, whether or not the narrative flows fluidly, whether or not the plot serves a purpose, and a dozen other concerns. 
However, writing fiction feels 100 times more rewarding when I get it right. That's because fiction allows me to explain life in ways that nonfiction can't. It can evince human emotion. It can exhibit what it's like to live in the complex modern world. It can explain life in ways that nonfiction can't. The way I think about it is that nonfiction nourishes my intellectual side, what I think, while fiction nourishes my emotional side, what I feel. So publishing my first book of fiction and watching it climb the bestseller list has to feel great, right? No, not at first. My first reaction this week was anything but great. It wasn't even good or all right. Instead, I felt a pang of panic when I got the first email from a kind, well-meaning reader who informed me that he loved the book, but wanted to point out a typo in the first chapter. An A was used where an N belonged. What a horrible dash of cold water. It sounded silly, but my first thought was, oh no, I thought this book was perfect. My first reaction was to beat myself up, to freak out a little. I'd worked harder on this book than anything else in my life, and there was a mistake. How was this possible? I read these stories dozens of times. There are entire passages I can recite without looking at the page. The stories were line edited by two incredible editors, and the book was proofread thoroughly by a group of a dozen proofreaders. How could there be even a single typo? I thought about it until I found an answer in my favorite literary writer, David Foster Wallace. I remembered that his magnum opus, Infinite Jest, was line edited twice by Michael Peach, arguably one of the best editors in the world. Then it was copy edited by several professional copy editors. And yet the first print edition of that book had several typos, much more than an Anne. This reminded me of other errors I've spotted in my favorite books from my favorite authors, not to mention the errors, typos, and stupid mistakes I've seen in high school and college textbooks. Remember those? And don't even get me started on the amount of mistakes I see online. Oy vey. Once a creation, a book, an album, a movie, is released to the public, even its most subtle flaws are glaring. Perhaps this is a suitable metaphor for life as well. Once we put our individual problems out in the open, they are far more noticeable and thus we feel more compelled to address those problems. I've noticed this phenomenon with myself and this website this year. By writing about my life, my transformations, my continued pursuit of personal improvement, I've put myself out there, as it were. Many of you know more about me than certain members of my extended family. Consequently, my public display of self forces me to grow in ways I wouldn't otherwise grow. The truth is, we are all human, thus we are all flawed. DFW's Infinite Jest is a classic novel even with its few mistakes. Similarly, I'm incredibly pleased with my first book. The stories convey emotion, the characters feel alive to me, and it's easily the best thing I've ever written, even with any scar tissue that keeps it from being perfect. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Imperfect is the New Perfect, by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalists.com. We'll hear more about the feedback you got from the book and some lessons from it tomorrow. And it's Saturday, so I'll keep this ending nice and short, but if you're not checking out the other podcasts in my little network, please do. They're very similar to this show, except I'm not the one hosting them. You can get a break from listening to me and check out the other shows. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this, and all four of the other podcasts should pop right up. That's it for today. Hope you're having a great weekend. Thank you for being here and I'll see you in tomorrow's show where we'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. 
Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.